0: We're going to continue in our series today, prayers of the heart and prayers of the heart. If you want your prayers to work, really, it never says pray, prayers of the mind or the intellect or even the spirit, but prayers of the heart, because it's praying from the heart that makes our prayers efficacious. I like saying that because it makes me seem like I'm in middle England or middle earth of sorts. And so prayers of the heart are efficacious because number one, you should write this down. Prayers of the heart are short and We really can't pray in an unceasing way if our prayers are complicated, intelligent, big words, and they're long. And I love what Billy Graham said. He said, anyone who prays long over a meal has sin in their life. So when you ask me to pray, I go, amen, you know, and so you'll know I'm holy. And so today what we're going to cover prayers of the heart are not only short and simple, they're prayers that are unceasing, and next week we'll deal with, the, it's prayer that prays about Everything, And I'm convinced if you don't pray about everything, you may not pray about anything. So today, we're going to talk about praying in an unceasing way or unceasing prayer. If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians, not 1 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 16 to 18. And we're going to read it. And this is where we get the idea, pray without ceasing. And it says here, it says, rejoice always. Now, that's not easy to do. If you have a fender bender, if someone hit your car in the parking lot, it really will take an act of God's goodness for me to rejoice. How many of you can praise the Lord in one? Am I the only one that can praise the Lord in one breath and become a potty mouth the next where Becky will go, Pastor Jude? And it's like, I know, you know, I don't want to be Pastor Jude. I'm just mad they did that. Everyone say with me, rejoice always. says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want to read that again. It says rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything give thanks. I do not believe that in everything we could give thanks and we will not rejoice always unless we pray without ceasing. Did you hear that? Unless we pray without ceasing. I want you to do this we're going to go to a couple other scriptures to just back this slot up that God is asking us to pray seems like all the time well how in the world can you do that go to Luke chapter 18 verse 1 Luke 18 verse 1 you may have a smartphone and an app on your Bible and just go to Luke 18 1 he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. In my Bible, I have written right there, when I don't pray, I lose heart, but when I do pray, I have heart. If you've lost heart for maybe God, maybe a friend, maybe a family member, maybe the nation, the Bible says if we pray, we will not lose heart. Prayer puts heart into our lives, our homes, our ministry. Go with me now to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. And we're just adding to the thought that we can pray without ceasing. And today I'm going to show you a three easy step way to pray without ceasing. It's going to change your life. You'll love it. This is romans 12 12 again it says rejoicing in hope you know you can't rejoice always unless you have hope and hope always deals with the future patient in tribulation dear lord never pray for patience because you're going to have traffic the very next day and then listen to this, continually, continuing steadfastly in prayer. You can't continue if you haven't begun, but praying without ceasing. So I like that Paul says in Romans, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Go to one other scripture. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Then we're going to go right back to Thessalonians, and I'm going to give you the three simple steps, and your life will be easy. It's easier. I didn't, this, this isn't a quick fix. This isn't an Commercial on Instagram. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 6:18. Praying always. Say that with me. Praying always. Let's say it again. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So Paul says, pray without ceasing. Let's quote it one more time: 1 Thessalonians 5:16 to 18. Rejoice. Always pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I just want to quote a guy, his name is Lightfoot. He said, it's not the moving of the lips, but the elevation of the heart to God. That is the essence of prayer. I want to begin to show you, for me, as a Christian, when uh, the Lord found me, uh, we heard terms like quiet time. And Jesus says in the gospel, when you pray, Go to your room and pray. And I remember, I've thought about this a lot. How can you go to your room and pray when you're at work or you're at a Little League game? Does that mean you have to run in your car, pray for a minute, then run back to the game? Or you're at work, you run to the bathroom, you pray for a little bit, and then you run back? I don't think he's saying that. Now, when I, in the 80s, now this is so, so long ago. How many of you were born in the 90s, in the year 2000? Okay, I'm really, really old, okay? But they used to say this, have a quiet time. So for example, a quiet time, let's say you spent 10 minutes in prayer or some people could have spent an hour in prayer. Even if someone spent, they're just like this super pumped up saint and they pray an hour a day, you must know this is, what do you do with the other 11 hours in your day even though that you prayed an hour? So we give God 10 or we give God an hour, but what is the rest of the 11 hours? Hours in our day, belong to us, and that's not Paul was talking about. How can we involve God in every moment and in, in every activity of our life? And a mentor of mine said this very rarely did I pray an hour a day, but there wasn't an hour in my awakening day that I did not pray. I stand before you, I guess I'm sitting, sitting before you today. And God graced me uh, in my 20s. I began, I heard a message, and they used the words from Jesus, could you not tarry or pray one hour and so for me what I would do I would take the Lord's prayer or the Our Father and I didn't do it like the rosary style where you just say it in repetition over and over and over again I'm not against that I more used it like a pattern or like a track and where my prayer started like Our Father and I just began to think and that for over 42 years when I address God I don't address God as omnipotent one or holy God or a Savior. For me, it begins with Father. And I know that my Heavenly Father is a good, good Father. That is who He is and I'm loved by Him. That's who I am. And so for me, I would do that. Then we would go, our Father who is in Heaven, realizing that His resources aren't bound to earth. But even though I prayed one hour, I still had 11 hours in my day. How can I include God when I'm at the boys' little league, wrestling, cross country, for goodness sakes, you really need to pray if one of your children are in cross country go then you don't see them you know go and the cheering only is about 45 seconds in total I want to give you three steps and I would love to tell you that they originated from me, but they did not. This is from St. Francis de uh, Sal. And he came up with a way how we can pray without ceasing. And you guys, it will not leave you exhausted. You could do this anywhere and it will transform your life. You will become deeper in your heart, and enlightened in your soul. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay where I'm at right now. I want to increase. I want to go from glory to glory. I want God to be involved in my life. So I'm going to give you the three steps from St. Francis de Sal. Number one, we ask. Just write that down. It's real, real simple. We ask God. And that means, let's say you're uh, doing a new project. You're meeting with a client and it's it's a job. Why don't you just ask God to be involved with that? Then the next thing you do, whatever that activity or that moment, watch me, moment in activity. Whatever that moment or activity, you may be showing a house. You may be meeting a friend for coffee at front side. Whatever the moment or the activity is, Terry, this is powerful. You could be at work. You're successful. In that moment, if you simply ask God to come and be a part of that moment, then you offer that moment. This is number two, so it's ask, then you offer. You offer that moment to God, then it becomes a sacrifice. And then the last one, you accept the outcome. Now, let me just warn you, this is the one that's very hard for me. I have practiced this for 42 years and I've seen miracles in my life but I'm warning you and when we get to the end my heart also has been disappointed sometimes and frustrated with God and if I'd be honest and forthright even a little bit angry with God because I invited him in that moment I asked I offered but I did not accept when the outcome went away that I didn't want it to go then I would get disappointed but I'm I'm going to show you today, if we pray, these, use these steps, we will do what Paul said. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Get this next part. In all things. He didn't say for all things. Because God doesn't send all things. It, he said in all things. Are you with me? So I want you to begin to think about this. Ask. I just want you to write that down. Maybe mutter that in your mind. Ask. Just asking God. Now, for example, something that's a buzzword today. Especially for spiritual Seekers from the East using Eastern philosophy, they, a big buzzword today is be mindful or get this, be present. Have you ever heard of that? That you should be mindful. And many people do that. I believe one of the reasons people work themselves into exhaustion, number one, they're not focused enough and, and they're, they're not present. Their mind's going here, there, everywhere. And so when we ask God, it's not just becoming present. You need to get this. Because I know a lot of my friends who are spiritual and they really, and again, almost have, and they do have a Buddhist philosophy that being present. This is your life. Come present. Breathe. Come present. You can become present and still live a secular life. When we become present, we're not focusing on us in our ability. We are asking God who's omnipresent and you say, well, what is that word? That's a big word. Omnipresent. Omni means all. And present means all present. Meaning God's everywhere. You say, but you've never seen my office. Those people, they man, they're hellions. Well, can I tell you it doesn't matter if your work is heaven or hell. If you become mindful and ask God into that situation in that moment, in that activity that becomes a sacrament. I want you to write that word down by the word ask. St. Francis de Salle said this, when we ask God into our activity or our moment, it becomes a living sacrament. And a sacrament is a sign. A sign of what? That Jesus is alive. That our God is not Dead, he's very much alive, and so it becomes a sacrament. You know what they call it a sacrament, also get this is a channel of God's grace. Now, you may have all the apps you want in the world on your smartphone, but if your battery goes out, guess what? You cannot have access to your mobile phone's apps. Can I say, I don't think we can have access to the power and the person in the presence of Jesus Christ unless we have sacraments. And these sacraments go beyond baptism, beyond the Lord's table, beyond marriage. And you're going to enter into such a powerful sacrament as you two get married. But there's something equally as powerful. It's called the sacrament of the present moment. And how do we experience such a channel of power? We invite God into that moment. Are you with me on that? Let me tell you, I've done it a lot. I mean, when you have three boys in Little League and you're sitting there and and Jude is in one field, John's in another, Jake's in another, and I'm going, Jesus help John, oh goodness, there's Jude, up he got hit by the ball again, oh Lord, be with Jake, God, let him uh, throw the ball, let him catch it right. What is that? That's simply asking. And can I say one time, true story, Jake, I was speaking in New York, I came back from New York, dropped Jude and John off at their school, bringing Jake to middle school, he's on a Little League team and so we're driving he starts doing this oh oh dad he says my shoulder he goes I'm not going to be able to hit well I said Jacob who's in this car he goes dad you're in the car I said, Jake, who is in this car? What is his name? He goes, Pastor Jude. And I said, yes. And Pastor Jude is going to pray for you. And we are going to ask God to heal you. And so I just put my hand on his shoulder. I'm driving. Come on. When you pray, go to your room. What am I going to do? Pull the car over? Get out of the car? Take Jake to church? No. We can ask God to be present with us in any moment, any activity, no matter what we're facing yes so since I was asking I thought well I'll ask for a little bit extra I am not let me tell you when it comes to asking God for things you, you got to me too late I'm like my grandkids Rio, Quincy Abishai, Lucy, Jack who's always saying Jude can I have chocolate milk Jude can you buy me candy Jude can you get me a toy Jude. I'm telling you children are relentless they're rude and they have bad timing when they ask and can I say, I think one of the reasons we don't ask, we try to act like Pope Pius of something. Oh God, oh yeah. Come on. We don't mind asking for others' needs, but we have a struggle asking God to meet our needs. And you know what? Let me push the envelope a little bit. Our own desires. Yes, our needs are met in his riches and glory, but can I tell you, I want to invite him in my every moment, my every activity, Amen. And I didn't write. It says, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, and knock and keep on knocking. So when I ask God, I become aware of him, and I invite him into that moment. So I'm praying for Jake, and I said, Lord, heal Jake's uh, shoulder. Lord, tonight, let him uh, hit uh, an over-the-fence home run. Uh, Not one of those home runs by errors, okay? And so Jake gets up to bat, and he's going... And so I'm in the stands. How do you pray without ceasing? I can't get on my knees, drop right there. People will think I'm a freak. Well, I'm a little bit of a freak, but I can't let them know it. And so, listen to this. He's he, he, strike one batter. He almost starts crying to go, I'm for you. That was it. Kid you not, second pitch comes strike. Two batter, That lip went from uh, Bellevue, Washington, all the way to Hawaii. He was about ready to cry in front of his teammate. And he's looking at me. I go. Kid you not. Third pitch comes. An angel got a hold of that ball. There was an angel on the outfield. That angel slowed that ball down. I kid you not. My Jake hit that ball, went over the pitcher, second base, center field, and it went over the fence. Well, Jake and his team clapped a lot more than you just did. So he's running around. They all come out of the dugout. They're giving him high five, and they said, hey, how did you do that? You know what he said? My dad prayed for me. I kid you not. I had a line of Little League baseball (laughs) players asking me to pray for him. That's how my baseball ministry started. I simply <laughs> asked, are you with me? Okay, so this is what we're doing. We're asking God to be attentive to us, and we are attentive to God. We make that moment a sacrament. Do you know that became a holy moment when I prayed for my son? Now, did it always work out that he hit a home run? No. That You see, that's why the three steps are necessary. I have to ask. I have to offer. But I also have to accept the outcome. And that's where I struggle. I sometimes did. Now listen to this. I want you to get this. A Catholic term, it's Latin Opus Dei, means divine work. I don't care what your work is, from being a teacher or maybe working at Starbucks, maybe you're a painter. It does not matter what our work is. Even as a pastor, I know pastors who do not pray without ceasing, and their work becomes a struggle. If we want our work to be divine, no matter what you do in your life, ask God to be involved with that area of your life with that word and it will be sanctified it will become a living sacrament you become the channel are you with me for the divine presence of Jesus Christ to flow through you people say pastor Jude you must be smart no 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 I'm not that smart but when you ask you move to the highest intelligent being in all the universe and his name is God you just upgrade it are you with me The next one is to offer. So St. Francis said this, we ask, we offer and we accept. Now when we ask, it becomes a sacrament. Now get this, when we offer, please write this down, it becomes a sacrifice. It becomes a sacrifice and without a sacrifice, there is no offering. And I love what David said, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. I love what Paul said in Romans chapter 12. He says this, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I like the way Eugene Peterson says it. He says offer your eating, sleeping, waking, having a crying baby. No, come on. <laughs> Good Lord, I have mercy for that man right now. I had 3 grandchildren for 2 days. Good, it's exhausting. Can I say when people say grandchildren are better, I said they must not take care of their grandchildren. <laughs> I looked at Becky and I said, I don't remember it being this exhausting. She says, I think it's because we're older. (laughs) Can I tell you right now, I was practicing this for the last two days. God, I ask you to help these boys calm down. (laughs) God, I offer my life as a sacrifice. But then I had to accept they still threw a tantrum, dear Lord, you know. Uh, Anyway, everyone say offer. Offer. I really do believe this. I love what Eugene Peterson said. He said, offer your eating, sleeping, drinking, walking, working, everyday lives, and offer that to God. Now, listen to me, in a religious mind or over spiritual mind, we think the only things we should offer God is holy things or spiritual things. God wants us to offer every part of our lives. Uh, Two summers ago, I was in LA, and Tommy Barnett was on a platform with his son, Matthew Barnett. And Pastor Tommy's the one who started the Dream Center. He's amazing. He's in his 80s. And he said this. He says, God has impressed on my mind my last life verse. And when he said his last life verse, my ears perked up. And I thought, I want to know what that's going to be. And he quoted Proverbs chapter 3 where it says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will direct your path. Did you get that? Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will direct your path. We want sovereign direction. We want God to be our map quest. How many of you would like God to be your map quest? Okay for all of you who barely did this look living life is like driving a Fiat in Italy. You're going to be faced with really bad drivers, roundabouts and just craziness and I'm going to tell you two places you'll find people praying that don't pray in a foxhole if they're in a war and if they're in a car in Europe in the summer (laughs) and so he says acknowledge the Lord in all you do so if we offer God God I offer right now I'm ba- we were watching we weren't babysitting we're taking care of Quincy and Rio and Abishai Lord we offer this up to you Becky and I took them to the park and that wasn't enough it's unending then we took them to Chick-fil-A then they wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese's I had to draw the line and say you have to accept this outcome but it's offering the Lord anything we do and for me and I just wanted to tell, show you how I live whether it's ministry my life my wife my children my grandchildren money home anything for me I try to live with open hands that I don't try to have a tight grip on anything because if I live life with an open hand if that part of my life is taken away let me be clear I was a good youth pastor my son Jude he's preaching right now they have two Jude's preaching in California one in Ventura the other in Vacaville And so he's preaching Acts 4 in Vacaville right now. So I sent him a message I preached years ago, Kat, when I was a youth pastor. And he listened to it and he called me and he made me cry. He said, Dad, he said, you were the best youth pastor ever. And he started telling me why he said that. And then when the day came that I would move on from youth ministry, when he said that, I'm going to tell you, I'm moving on from, when I moved on from youth ministry, I texted him back. I said, I think I still could be a youth pastor. That's why the Bible college students that's why if a young adult comes in my heart gravitates to that but when I had to watch me when I had to move on from being a youth pastor I didn't want to I loved it it was a sacrifice it was my life my identity was in it however let me tell you when that season came that's when the spirit of God impressed on my mind he said Jude he goes you won't have anything on this earth forever one day you'll pass away he said you won't always be married to Becky when you pass away you're going to be married to me he said one thing that will always be though you'll always be jude john and jake's dad even in eternity you will be the dad of the sons of the you will be the adam of those sons he said however this ministry he says it was never meant to last forever he said son live as an open hand Offer this to me as an offering you know god doesn't want our leftovers god just doesn't want a tip on sunday god doesn't just want us to give a dollar here ten dollars there he wants our whole life He wa- and can I just say the glory of God is not revealed through mediocrity God does not want us to be mediocre on our job I think we should be the best on our jobs the most excellent on our jobs the most successful on our jobs if you're a teacher then teach if you're a barista then make coffee I don't care what it is let your life be a shining example of God's goodness and his greatness if you are an artist and paint like Michelangelo and beyond however offer up the sistine chapel to him whatever you create can you offer it to him amen Now listen to this. When we ask, it becomes a sacrament. But when we offer our lives, our family, our children, our ministry, our jobs, your business, when you offer that to God, it becomes a sacrifice. And let me just say, we are not like the prophets of Baal. Let me say it another way. We're not like communicators and influencers showing people how to, you know, 12 ways to become successful. You may become successful with those 12 ways. However, will your life become an offer? offering. The prophets of Baal God never consumed their sacrifice. Why? Because it was unholy. But God's the one who came. Remember the prophet? He mocked. Where's your God? Where's Baal? Is he on vacation? Is he taking a power nap? Does he need Red Bull? Is he in the bathroom? What's wrong with him? Did he have surgery? And he mocked and mocked and then the prophet Elijah said come pour water on this sacrifice pour water on this sacrifice pour water on this sacrifice and fire came down from heaven. You know what will make our lives a sweet sacrifice to God when we offer everything we do to him it becomes a sacrifice on our altar God consumes it God is pleased come on can you say amen Amen. and so say this with me say ask. ask say offer Now, when we ask, it turns it into a sacrament. And the sacrament is a supernatural channel for the presence and life of God to flow through you. And please hear me. God's not just flowing through us on a Thursday night when we're praying for someone. Can you believe that God can flow flow through you as a barista, a real estate agent, as a mom, as a dad, as a son or a daughter in your business? I want to say yes, I believe that. Now, the next one I want to offer, I want to offer my life to God. Now, we did this as parents. Now, if you're a new parent, can I tell you, you should do this. When we dedicate children's, come and dedicate your child to God. And Becky and I made a commitment that we would do. We said, God, you gave us these sons. We give them back to you. That is an offering. So when I pray for my sons now, I, I just remind God, hey, they're yours anyway. I gave them to you. Now, I trust you with this offering. Then the next one. Is is accept. Say that with me. Accept. That's the toughest one, St. Francis de Salle. We ask, we offer, we accept. When we ask, it's a sacrament. When we offer, it's a sacrifice. But please get this. When I accept, then it becomes a surrendered heart. And I hate that part. Let me just say this. Um, How many of you ask God for something? Like let's say this certain car or a job or a promotion and you offer that say lord if you get me this promotion or this car i'll use it for you this car but then someone else gets the car and you don't get the car someone else gets a promotion and you don't i want to just tell you a couple stories where this has not worked well for me is in two areas number one i'll just tell a simple story years ago becky and i were in seattle We had been youth pastors. We graciously handed the ministry over. It was doing well. We had helped build the church. We had an opportunity. We were selected by a pastoral search committee to uh, interview to become a lead pastor of a megachurch in Colorado. They had 12 people that they were interviewing, and we were one of the 12. It was reduced to eight, then four, then it was between Becca and I and another couple. And I don't know if you've asked, so of course I'm asking. God, that please, I think this is you. We're going step by step, step by step. We, it was a three-month process, by the way, so it wasn't just a week interview. It's not like when you go to McDonald's and interview for your first job and you put three deceased relatives for references on the back. It's, I mean, it's just not that. How I many of you have ever done that? Okay, I have. And so, and I offer that up to you, Lord, and I accept you. <laughs> You're just punishment. No, and so, could you not? It, we were asking. We offered it. But in the bottom, in the pit of my stomach, I knew they weren't going to go with us in the end. And what it happened, that word was released on the street that it was going to be Becky and I. And when they went with the other person, my heart broke. And if I was honest, I got mad at God. And I thought, I have given you All this, all these years, and this is how the outcome is. And the thing that I learned, let me just tell you my background. I come from a a real exaggerated faith background. And I'm so happy and proud of that. And the reason why I'm happy and proud of that come next week When you come from a faith background, you actually believe you can ask God for anything. Okay, so the thug in here is saying, oh yeah, are you going to ask God to give you power to rob a bank as if he's going to answer that prayer? (laughs) You know, oh, yeah, you can ask God for anything. You know, you're going to ask him you could go steal something. No, but I do believe you can ask and keep on asking. Jesus is the one. Ask anything from your heart. You know, we given. I didn't write that. That's in red. We'll deal with that next week. However, where and I have had, let me just say this. You could go through all my prayer journals and go ask my wife, go ask my sons. I've had a lot of answered prayers that did go my way. I would say probably 80%. I think I'm in the 80% of going my way. It's that 20% where something comes on heart and it's devastating and it didn't go the way I want it. Then I have to make a choice. When I accept that outcome, it proves that I'm trusting God. And can I say, I do not need to trust God on things when, Lord, give me a parking spot, I get it. Lord, give me Becky, I got it. You know, come on. It's when things like, for example, my pastor passed away. And I couldn't understand it, or they went with another pastor, or my wife is diagnosed with lymphoma, and I remember when they said it was incurable. At that point, you said, Pastor Jude, when did you shift in your brain? I always asked, I always offered. I had a struggle and a difficulty with uh, accepting. But when they said that, I thought I cannot set my sons up really for spiritual failure, where they're going to be mad at God. I have to be able to. What if this doesn't go the way? What if it doesn't go the way have you ever prayed for someone and it didn't go the way you prayed and it's at that point I promise you I'm learning and I've learned I'm learning and I've learned I'm learning and I've learned that when the outcome is contrary to what I prayed, instead of complaining because when you complain you remain but praising and saying and let's go back to the scripture rejoice always really Rejoice, you just gave the job to someone else. Rejoice, really? Wendell just graduated to heaven. Rejoice, Becky was just diagnosed. Can I say the third one is so important because what it deals with is a heart of surrender. And I don't need to trust Jesus when things go my way. It's when they don't go my way, I have to trust Jesus. And I love what dear Bill Johnson, Pastor Bill Johnson said uh, six weeks ago, his wife passed away with cancer. And that's, it was on a Friday, that Sunday he's preaching. And I thought, I want to know what this man who believes in healing in the whole world was standing, believing that she was going to have a miracle this side of eternity. And you know what he said? You know what he said? I want to tell you what he said. He said, I will never have a greater chance. He said, Jesus is my friend. But before he is my friend, he is my Lord. And I will never have a greater chance to trust him this side of heaven than I do right now. I praise the Lord. I choose to trust him. Can I say right there? That leads to a heart that is totally surrendered to God. Come on. Does that make sense? And that's been my struggle. That has been my struggle. I was praying for a couple they, uh, about something they're believing for, and in the bottom of my gut, I, and let me just say this, and the band's gonna come up, and I'm pulling these pants down. Okay, I'm standing up. I was praying and using for me when I asked, which is a sacrament, and I offered the situation, which is a sacrifice. I have to be willing to accept the outcome because that becomes a surrendered heart. Did you get the three S's? A sacrament leads to a sacrifice. Let me just say, if your sacramental theology or experience with God has not led you to sacrifice, you need to go at baptism in the Lord's table maybe again. Because when we experience God in a sacrament, in the sacrament of the present moment, we will want to sacrifice. But the next one is surrender, surrendering. Now for me, I usually know when when I'm asking for it, may, I may not get it. Have you ever been praying you don't have that deep peace? I mean, you almost talk your, yourself into it. And so I was praying for someone, believing with them, you know, this last few weeks, really the last couple of months, and I just had a, a sick feeling in my gut, it may not go. And so when we found out on Friday or Thursday that it did not go the way we wanted, my heart broke. My heart broke and I wanted to ask God a question that none of us should ever ask because you're never really going to know the answer. And that question is why? Why? Some questions will be answered in eternity. Now I want to deal with this as we end. You see, I believe we have everything we can have right now in Jesus Christ. But there's some things, not yet. So they call it already, not yet. Did you get that? There's a tension already. Everything's available for us right now. Already, but not yet. There has to be that tension. And I think sometimes, and this is where I end today, we have to be willing to live in a mystery. You see, in America, good Lord, coming out of COVID, we thought we knew everything about COVID. Then a variant came. Then another variant came. Then another. Can I say, my brain and life, life is above my brain but it's not above god's brain and i told the couple i said you know what this didn't go the way we thought but you know what we don't know what the market's going to do i bet god is going to work all this out for good and for his glory and we're going to trust him in this painful moment we so appreciate you spending time with us if you'd like to invest into what god is doing through city church california you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.